Good morning, everybody. My name is Terry. I'm your friend. I'm talking to you live from Austin, Texas, where the sun is hot, barbecue is sweet, and all the drinks are free if you're going to hang out with me. But uh, just wanted to say good morning. Wanted to chat with you a little bit this morning. I'm going to take you back, way back, even further back. The year was 1979. The month was the month of June. I was 18 years old. I had just graduated from high school and got home. And to my surprise, my dad had purchased me a car. It was my very first vehicle. It was my very first car. And man, I'll tell you, we'd been looking at a few things, but this was a 1971 Camaro. Wide tires on the back, white stripes going down the hood, all the way across to the back, a spoiler on the back. I tell you, was I excited. That car cost $800. My dad paid 400 of it, and I had to pay the other 400 That's how what kind of gift that was, you know? Oh, my parents always had a thing that said if they bought me something of high value or a lot of money, they would pay some of it, and I would have to earn or pay the rest or the remainder of it. That was my first car and had it uh, for the first couple of years in college. And sold that car. Actually, uh, two years later, I think I sold that car. And I actually sold it for $800 as well <laughs> after two years of using it. But um, the reason I tell you that story is because uh, just recently, uh, I've been actively looking for just a fun car. And I get on ClassicCars.com and I look around for a couple different things. And I found I finally found a Camaro. It wasn't a 1971. I always liked the 60. 7, 68, 69 model Camaros, but I found a 1969 Camaro. It was white, spoiler, wide tires on the back, two orange stripes uh, because of my business orange. Orange interior, the guy had fixed it up so that it was all beautiful leather, orange interior on the inside, convertible, white convertible, beautiful, incredibly beautiful car. Any case, I decided to buy that car. I bought that car and had it delivered just a few months ago to my house. And lo and behold to me, when I got the car delivered, there was uh, little to no gas in that car. What's funny is if you haven't had an older vehicle or a classic vehicle in a long time, what happens is you forget about a lot of the things that you used to have when you had a classic car. Like inside the car, down on the left or the right side of the front uh, passengers, you know, it has bucket seats, but on the passenger side, there's what they call vents. And instead of having uh, air conditioned, what they would do is you would open up a vent and you'd pull a thing. And so the air could flow in. And then they actually have in this particular car, they have a lot of ashtrays. There's an ashtray on the dash. There's an ashtray on the console. And in the very back seat, there's two small ashtrays, uh, little silver ashtrays. You know, you flip them up, flip them down. It's pretty fun. Uh, an antenna. Could you believe it? There's an antenna in the very front of this car, right in the very front. They used to have antennas for AM and uh, at one point they were just AM radios and then FM radios. Uh, there's only one single small speaker. It's right in the dash. But it was interesting. So, But anyway, the, the gas gauge said there was no, no gas in it. So I go, man, I got to get this down to the gas station. I live just a mile or two away from a gas station. And I took the car down to the gas station and I get out and I pull in front of the gas station and I get out. And normally on the back left or the back right of your car is where you'd put the gas in. And I'm looking around and sure enough, I can't find the damn gas tank. Uh, I can't find the gas cap. And I go, where is this? You know, I I own a car. I've got a Porsche that has the gas tank on the front and the gas cap is on the front of the car. 
And so I'm looking all over the sides of the car and all of a sudden it hits me. I go, you know what? I remember where the gas tank is in a 1969 Camaro. Do you remember where that gas tank is? It's actually behind the license plate in the very back of the car. There was a spring-loaded license plate. You'd have to pull the license plate down and find the gas cap. Well, at this particular car, they, they had done a lot of remodeling on it. And so that particular gas tank was laying relatively flat. And so when I went to put some gas in, I couldn't just do it and put the gas in straight. I had to go and get one of those funnels. I don't know if you wouldn't know what a funnel is, but a, a funnel is something that has a wide opening at the top with a narrow opening at the bottom. And I had to put a funnel in there to actually create an angle so that the gas would go into the, into the gas tank. And I tell you that story because what I'm about to share with you is a business idea or a business concept that includes the use of a funnel. And I had to use that funnel for my car to put some gas in it. But many times, in order to get the engine to go, the car to go, you got to put the gas in it. And for most of us, our business sales revenue is the gas that runs your engine. It is the gas that runs your car. It is what gets you from point A to point B. You cannot do anything, it seems like, in business until a sale is actually made. That is the gas that runs the engine. It is the gas that runs the business. And so what I want to talk to you about is what is the funnel to get the gas in your business? And it all starts with what we call leads. At the very top or the widest part of that funnel, there is a lead. So people say, well, what is a lead? What do you mean, Terry, a lead? A lead is a name, it's a contact, it's somebody, it's a prospect. You've heard that term used many times, but it's a prospect, somebody who might have some interest in your business. And then that funnel gets a little bit narrower and now you have to identify, does that prospect really have an interest in your business? Can they afford to do business with you? And can you get them to sample, try out, visit, or set up perhaps an appointment uh, with you? And that makes that just that name and the number get a little bit narrow because everybody that you get a name or a contact from doesn't necessarily want to do business with you. Some of those people just you know, say this is not for me, it's not the right time, or they can't afford it, etc. So they don't want to do business. But there are groups of people that do want to do business and can't afford it and want to try it out. And so they'll set an appointment. And then in order to get that a little bit narrower, you've got to go from the people that set the appointment to the people that actually show up for that appointment, right? So I don't know if you've ever gone to the dentist, but you go and set an appointment for the dentist. And many times I get busy and forget about some of those pieces and parts. And, and so what happens is, is I'll get a text the day before, I'll get a text the night before or the morning of and says, don't forget your dentist appointment. You've got a cleaning today. Or you've got a, a dentist appointment. It's, oh man, I got to rearrange things. And so it's a good reminder for me, or what they're really doing is they're confirming their appointments, but it's a good reminder for me that I've got that dentist appointment if I didn't get it in my personal calendar. And once you have the appointment, in some cases, some businesses, those appointments and those uh, ex explorations of the business and the needs analysis and uh, the benefits and what can happen with that particular product or service, that then turns into a transaction. And that transaction is usually what we call a sale. But what's important in that process is not only to know the funnel that leads turn into appointments, appointments turn into 
shows and shows turn into transactions or joins or sales or however you call it or whatever you call it for your business. But the other side that's really important to that is understanding what we call uh, percentages or ratios in terms of each of those areas to each other. So I'm going to give you an example. If you wanted to generate 50 new sales for whatever it was, 50 new uh, cell phones you wanted to sell this month or uh, 50 new landscape uh, contracts this month, whatever it was that you wanted to do. In my business, it's health club memberships. If I want to generate 50 new health club memberships, what I do is I start at the very bottom of the funnel and I start to work my way up. I never start at the top. I always start at where my end goal is, right? Seven habits of highly effective people. Start with the end in mind. What's the end? The end is I want 50 new joins at my business, my one studio. So then the, sec the second thing I need to know is if I have fit want 50 new joins, what is my closing percentage? If you're not familiar with that term, a closing percentage is basically the number of people that sign up or that make a transaction divided by the number of people that you have had actual shows or appointments with. So I'll give you an example. If you want 50 new joins, you've got to get in front and physically get in front of 100. If your closing percentage is 50%, you would then need to get in front of 100 new people, meaning 100 people would have to come visit you and try out your product or service. If you closed 50% of them, you would end up with 50 sales. So working backwards, knowing what your closing percentage is, is really important. That will tell you the difference between what you're going to end up with and how many people you need to get in front of. The next one you have to know, the next ratio that's really an important number to know is your show ratio. In other words, if you set a bunch of appointments, but not everybody shows, you know, what, uh, what is that going to look like? So the next question is, is let's just, again, we're working backwards on this formula that says if you have 100 appointments and you say you're going to get a 65% show factor, right? So all you simply do is take 100 of your shows divided by 0.65, and that means you're going to have to have 153 appointments. So just listen to me now. You have 153 appointments. 65% of them show, that means 100 of them show up, 50% of them close, that means you end up with 50 sales. And so the last piece then is then, what is the ratio of your appointments to your leads? In other words, how many leads do you need to get 153 appointments? And in our business, we're finding it's about 40%. So we would take your appointments divided by 0.4, and that would mean you would need 384 leads. When I go through it in the, the funnel method, you'll understand it. 384 leads, you get 153 appointments, you get 100 actually appointments to show, uh, and then you close 50% of them and you end up with 50 sales. So in order to get 50 sales at the bottom of the funnel, you need 384 leads, names or contacts at the top of the funnel to be able to work through the course of 30 days or the course of whatever your selling period is in order to make that happen. Leads, appointments, shows, sales. 
Know what those three ratios are between each of those, between sales to appointments, appointments to sales. Know what the ratio is between uh, uh, shows to appointments, appointments to shows, and know what that ratio is between leads to appointments and appointments to leads. Now, another ratio you may want to take a look at is what we call your call ratio. Your call ratio is how many dials or phone calls do you need to make in order to set one appointment. In our business, we know that that's about eight to one. So for every eight dials, I pick up the phone, I dial those eight numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all right, or seven numbers, whatever that is. I guess seven numbers you dial nowadays. Uh, it used to be eight, I guess. I don't know <laughs> if you're dialing long distance. Any case, you dial those seven numbers and nobody answers. You pick up the phone again, you dial another number and it's disconnected. You pick up the phone, another number. And they said, uh, you get a voicemail. You pick up the phone again. This is the fourth time. And finally you get to talk to somebody. So that would be you talk to somebody, but they're not interested. So you pick up the phone again, the, the, the receiver, and you dial again. That's your fifth call, your sixth call. If you do that eight times over and just dial eight times, you should be able to talk to one, two, three people. And out of that, you should be able to set appointment with one person. Those numbers have changed a little bit in COVID. We're finding that it used to be eight to one. It's probably closer to 10 or 12 to one at this point. People just aren't answering their phones anymore, and so we've got to leave a few more voice messages or follow up with text messaging as well. My point is this, is for your business, if you're going to run your business and you're going to have the gas that runs the business, and that gas, in fact, is sales to make the engine go, do you have the formulas? Do you have a funnel? And not only do you have it as a business owner, but does your staff really understand that funnel? Could you show a visual that looks something like that, that says, this is what the business looks like and what that funnel looks like. And then you create a personal funnel for them. So if you have five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 salespeople, depending how big your business is, everybody has their own personal funnel that then flows into the business funnel of the entirety of the business. And you in fact get to have a phenomenal month. You get to have sales, you get to have leads, you get to have appointments and transactions. Everybody knows their own personal ratios. Those ratios combined then make up the ratios for your business. That is the gas that runs the engine. You need to have a funnel. You need to have formulas. You need to have ratios. If you want to be better at running the business, if you want to be better at running your Camaro, you need to get a funnel. You need to get some gas in that engine. My name's Terry. I'm your friend. Good luck with that funnel.